Uh, hey there, guys. Uh, welcome back to our campfire stories. How have you been? Self-isolating as always. You yeah. know, chilling, yeah. killing. Yeah, like a villain. Yeah. Um, I'm alright. Bit weird to uh, not be the one saying hello at the start. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. It's um, it real puts me out of whack. I really don't know what to say. <laughs> You've lost your position. Yeah, I've been kicked out. Yeah. This is my one good job that I fucked up every time. I mean, it's it's only due to a weird glitch with Skype right now, so... Yeah, but we will be trialing out other stuff. Yep. With Beside the Point, if you want to come listen in at uh, 12 o'clock on Saturdays. Shameless plug. <laughs> I don't condone that. <laughs> nice, nice, Ryan. Seamless. Had to get it in. Had to get it in. So, yeah. Campfire stories. We weren't here last week. No. We uh, a scheduling issue. We'll say to cut to the to the chase. Um, it was, and... was Keelan's fault. He was doing stuff. <laughs> a scheduling issue, and well, getting the mess out of the closet now, boys. We're we're back. You know, it's a bit sad because I'm kind of sad that we've lost that consistency on it. Like we've not lost it, but we on it. To be fair, the consistency is for beside the point, not this one. Yeah, 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 that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Which we haven't lost. Yeah, we were close. We were close to losing it. Shut up! No, we weren't. (laughs) Yeah, Naz, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) Um, but no, 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 absolutely, absolutely. So we're back, and Alex is gonna take the reins on this campfire story. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to be talking about a man named Frank Abagnale, who is the inspiration for a movie, which Keelan, you mentioned, called Catch Me If You Can, which is an inspiration for one of my personal favourite TV shows ever, White Collar, and one of my favourite TV characters ever, Neil Caffrey. Oh, well, lad. Yes, so this man is who that guy's based off, Narayan. Uh, who oh, Neil, Neil's based off of, roughly based off of. And there's actually a couple of episodes where they make references to Frank Abagnale. Um, hmm. I'm curious to know if you'll remember those episodes. I mean, it's been a while for me. I know it's not been for you, yeah. but for me it's been a while. Um, so Frank Abagnale is currently a security consultant, but he was better known for his career as a con man from the ages of 15 to 21. He had at least eight different identities. Damn. That's yeah. um Yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio depicts that very well in yeah. the movie. If you haven't seen the movie, uh, I'd recommend it. But yeah, it's depicted very, very well. Um so when he was growing up, he lived in New York and his parents divorced when he was sixteen. His first con mark was actually his own father. Oh damn. Uh, Yeah, so his father was a politician, and he gave Frank his um, gasoline credit card, um, and Frank, pretty much, what he did was he would go to gas stations, and he would buy car parts and gas, and he would get the parts returned for cash. He ended up taking just shy of three and a half thousand, which in today's money is... $28,394. Damn. Yeah. He was, a lot of dosh. he was 15 when he did that. Oh. oh, To be fair, though, the system was easier to con back in the day. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, at the age of 15, he took his dad for nearly 30 grand in today's money. Um, so there's a lot of different things he, he, he did through his career as a con man, one of them being bank fraud. Um, so what he started, he started off by writing personal checks on his own overdrawn account, uh, which he would then cash and get money. Um, that only worked for a very short time before the bank demanded payment for the overdrawn account. Um, so what he did was he just moved to a new bank and did the same thing again. Uh, he eventually added identities to make it a bit harder on them to kind of call him on it um, and to keep the charade going for longer. And over time, he came with he came up with new ways to defraud the banks. Uh, so he did stuff like he would print out his own copies of checks, like payrolls, and slip them in. Um, or slip them in, he would cash them. Um, he would also convince them to advance him cash, uh, just on his his uh, account balances. So that's they impressive. Would, How did yeah? <laughs> did he just charm them? Pretty much, yeah. That's, Pretty much, from yeah. what I could gather, yeah. He just talked his way into getting an advance based on some balances of accounts he had. Impressive. Impressive. Um, the final trick he used, or the final one I could find, he got. Uh, he magne- magnetically printed his account number onto a blank deposit slip, which he would then add to a stack of real pay slip, uh, real deposit slips, resulting in him getting money from other people's actual slip. Like, he would get the money they were depositing. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's... Um, yeah. Real depressing. That, that led to his first kind of impersonation, because he wasn't really making the big bucks doing that. He was making kind of the, the the minimum amount. In, thousands of dollars. In his eyes, Yeah. Uh, so he impersonated a pilot. Uh, the, I'm just going to go through all his different impersonations. Mm-hmm. Um, he impersonated a pilot. He got the uniform by telling the Pan Am company that he'd lost his while getting it cleaned. He then forged a pilot's license, and it was estimated he flew roughly a million miles oh my gosh. as a passenger between the ages of 16 and 18. Damn. Um, so he did this by doing a thing called deadheading, which is a transport company will let one of their staff onto a uh, transport. So if, Ryan, for an example for us would be if I worked with ScotRail and my shift was starting in Aberdeen, I could get on the train an inch and I could get that train for free out to Aberdeen to start my shift. Uh, see. Um, so he would do that. Um, he tried to avoid his own the, the airline that he had forged his pilot license with and his ID with, um, just so he wouldn't get called on it by their staff. Um, but it, uh, he also, as a posing as a company pilot, got free hotels and free meals by just charging the company. The hotels would just charge the companies. Um, <laughs> And he later said that oft, quite often on flights, pilots would give him the chance and offer him the chance to fly the plane. Ooh. 
Yeah, one such be one such occasion, he was thirty thousand feet in the air, and the pilot offered for him to take controls. And he said that what he did was when he sat down, he hit the autopilot, and pretty much sat there because and <laughs> and I quote, I couldn't fly a kite. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that is a terrifying thought. That just some dude who has literally said he couldn't fly a kite could be at the front of the plane flying. And imagine you're one of the passengers yeah. and you don't even know that. Yeah, that's terrifying thoughts. Oh, uh, I could have went south very quick. Surprised it didn't. So the next thing I have is he posed as a teaching assistant at Brigham Young University. Uh, he assisted sociology. Um, they, however, weirdly enough, completely deny this claim uh, well i mean to be fair you wouldn't want someone to say that oh yeah i, I was pretending to work yeah, there for yeah. years and they just uh, never fucking caught on he, he taught for an entire semester i'm presuming there were students that are like yeah I best class there was <laughs> i assume yeah there's there's people who can confirm that yeah uh he was a physician so for 11 months, he impersonated a chief resident physician at Georgia Hospital uh, using the name Frank Williams. He chose the course after almost being arrested, getting off of a flight in New Orleans, and was afraid of possible capture. He retired temporarily to Georgia, and when filling out the application, he just impulsively listed his job as his occupation as a doctor. Um, oh, that's getting out of control at this point. Yeah, so well, he, he didn't want to write pilot because he was scared that they would confirm it with Pan Am if he did. Yeah. Um, and after befriending an actual doctor, mm -hmm. he uh, who lived in the apartment complex he was with, he agreed to act as a supervisor of resident interns as a favor <laughs> until the local hospital could find someone else to take the job. <laughs> Oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I um, don't know if that's worse than the pilot thing. The job was not solely administrative, as he has since claimed, um, but it was demanding for Abagnalis, as seven, seven interns were eager to get experience under his supervision. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's, there's potentially doctors out there who's taught by a guy who had no fucking clue what he was doing. He's looking at the books going, not going to remember this in the morning. <laughs> yeah, honestly, right? See, when I was reading through that, there's stuff in White Collar that's kind of not believable. And then I was reading through this and I was like, oh no, they're quite tame. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, so far through the list, um, I can understand quite a few of them back in the 70s and the 80s yeah. and the 60s. Less so the nineties, yeah, and even um, less so in two thousands. So pretty much the way he blagged his way through that is, if there was any like actual medical things needed done, he would let the interns do it so they could show off their skills. Essentially, so you just like play it like that's how he was doing it. He's there like, yes, my little puppets play against yeah. each other. Um, however, <laughs> he he almost got caught when. A infant became critically unwell from oxygen deprivation. 
and he didn't understand the meaning or the gravity of the situation when a nurse told him there was a blue baby. Oh dear. Um, he then left the hospital after realizing he could be putting lives at risk by his complete inability to respond to months. Yeah. Um, his next his next uh, role was an attorney. So while he was posing as a first officer, Robert Black for Pan Am, he forged a university, a Harvard University transcript, law transcript, um, in which he had passed the Louisiana bar exam and got a job as the Louisiana State Attorney General Office at the age of 19. Nice. Yeah. So he told a flight attendant he had briefly dated that he was uh, also at Harvard Law as a student, and she introduced him to a lawyer friend, and Abagnale was told the bar needed more lawyers and was offered a chance to apply. After making a fake transcript from Harvard, he prepared himself uh, for the exam. Despite failing, he claims to have passed the bar legitimately on the third attempt and after eight weeks of study because Louisiana at the time allowed you to take the bar over and over. It was just a matter of get what you got wrong the last time right until you pass. Imagine, um, that, that would be nice nowadays, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, he did describe his legal job as essentially being a gopher boy. Uh, so he got like coffee and stuff like that. Um, however, a real graduate who worked at the Attorney General uh, questioned him quite often about his tenure at Harvard, and mm-hmm. Abigail struggled to answer those questions because you know he was never there. You um, should have prepared. Coworker, yeah, the coworker soon became suspicious uh, after repeatedly interrogating him, and contacted Harvard in in order to confirm Abagnale's qualifications. Finding none, he convinced his boss to investigate Abagnale. And Abagnale then very promptly resigned. Uh, So he did that for eight months. Uh, Fun one for Unirine. You might know this. He impersonated a security guard at an airport and he is pretty much what he did was so they have drop boxes at airports where they put where they put the money and he bought a security outfit at a local like costume store and rocked up put a sign on the drop box to say it was out of order and to take the money to the nearby security guard who happened to be abignail and people gave him the money. Which, yeah, which he later stated was ridiculous because it was a box. How could it be out of order? <sighs> like, it wasn't electrical. It was literally a box with a slot in it. And people were just like, yeah, it must be out of order. Let me go give it to this dude. Yeah, fucking hell. Um, <laughs> it just shows I- how stupid people can be. I don't know. There's one episode that has two of those in it. There's one episode where he impersonates both a security guard and a pilot. I don't know if you'd remember those, Narayan. Um, no. 
Ah, rubbish. Uh, so those are those are kind of most is n- notable uh, aliases and uh, jobs, I suppose. Uh, he was eventually arrested in Montpellier, France, France, not French, um, in 1969 when Air France attendant he had previously dated recognized him and told the police. And when the French police arrested him, 12 countries sought his extradition. After a two-day trial, he first served time in... Uh, he first served... <laughs> He first served time in... I've completely lost my place. Um, in Perping Nang's prison. Um, it's in Russia, isn't it? Ish. I mean, it's in France, but you were close, oh, Keith. Completely off the mark. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um <laughs> no, it's because I remember watching the movie and like in he's like in the prison. I and it's like very cold and stuff, so I just assumed it was It's it's like South France. I yeah, I'm it's probably, been a while since I've seen yeah, this. Yeah, I'm probably completely butchering it. I was trying to see if I could find a like uh thingy on online for how you pronounce it. Um but it's P E R P I G N A N S if anyone wants to Google that. Right. Um, yeah, he he served a one year sentence there, and the presiding judge at his trial reduced to six months. Nice. Yeah, uh, he was extradited to Sweden during trial for a forgery. His defense attorney almost got his case dismissed by arguing that he'd created the fake checks and not forged them. Um, but instead, his charges were reduced to swindling and fraud. Um, following another conviction, he served six months at Malmo prison, only to find out at the end he would be tried next in Italy. Uh, later, a Swedish judge asked a U.S. Senate Department official to revoke his passport without a valid passport. The Swedish authorities were legally compelled to deport him to the United States where he was sentenced to 12 years in federal prison for multiple counts of forgery. So it was pretty much a game of hot potato of who was going to put him in jail. Yeah. And Sweden did him kind of a solid for that. The wimps that they are. Um, So, while being deported to the United States, he escaped from a British VC-10 airliner as it was turning into a taxiway at New York's John F. Kennedy Airport. Uh, under the cover of night, he scaled the nearby fence, hailed a cab to Grand Central Terminal, and after stopping in the Bronx to change clothes, pick up a set of keys to a bank safe containing 20 grand, uh, he caught a train to Montreal Airport, and purchased a ticket to Sao Paulo, Brazil, and after a close call at Max Milk, he got apprehended by the Royal Mounted Canadian Police. Royal Canadian Mounted Police? Uh, whilst he was stood in line at the ticket counter. He was then handed back over to the US Border Patrol, who took him, uh, and in 71 April, uh, he reportedly escaped from a federal detention center in Atlanta while awaiting trial. 
um, and during that time they were being condemned by civil rights groups uh, and investigated by committees. In a stroke of luck, uh, he, uh, the accompanying U.S. Marshal for getting his detention commitment papers, he was mistaken for an undercover prison inspector and was given privileges and food far better than the other inmates. Um, and in Atlanta, they had already lost two employees as a result of reports written by undercover federal agents. Um, he took advantage of that vulnerability, contacted a friend uh, called John Sebring, Gene Sebring. I don't know how you pronounce his name. I think it's French. Um, who posed as his fiance, slipped him the business card of an inspector, uh, which he obtained posing as a freelance writer. Um, uh, the FBI agent in charge of Abagnale's case, which she doctored at the stationary print shop, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of, like theft mumbo jumbo of where yeah. she got it from. Um, yeah. Skip down. Oh, my horse is numb. Uh, so yeah, Abignell told the corrections officer that he was actually a prison inspector and gave them the business card as his proof and that they needed to contact uh, an FBI agent by the name of Sean O'Reilly uh, on urgent business. Uh, O'Reilly, uh, his supposed number had been altered by Sebring, the previous accomplice, and the call was picked up by her at a payphone in an Atlanta shopping mall. Um, she posed as the operator at the Federal Bureau, and later he was allowed to meet unsupervised with the FBI agent in a predetermined car outside the detention center. Uh, incognito, she picked him up and drove off. Wow. Yeah, he, wow. she just drove off in the car. Uh, she took him to a bus station where he took a Greyhound to New York and Washington after that. Uh, Abagnale then bluffed his way through an attempted capture by posing as another FBI agent after being recognized. Intent on making his way to Brazil, he was picked up a few later by the NYPD when he inadvertently walked an unmarked car. Yeah. That's his, uh, that is his, his career as a con man. Or that's what I could find as his career as a con man. Um, he it's mad since, how yeah. young he was, and he's still, yeah. you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I would what's be shit myself. What's mad to me is how easy it was for him, like, to just be like, oh yeah, no, yeah, just trust roll me. up, <laughs> yeah, walked up and like, oh yeah, I, I'm this yeah. guy. If like, if I was, I, I. I know I've I've been in the position where some like I've had customers come in and be like oh but blah 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 and I'm like I don't trust that I'm <laughs> I'm checking that but it's like he's just walked up and been like yeah no trust me and they're like okay like how charming and smooth was he um uh, uh, yeah no it's uh, I I just I, I find that wild like all the stuff he's done like the 
for example, the security guard thing. That one in particular, because there is an actual episode in White Collar where they rob the Federal Reserve, spoiler alert for anyone, um, and Neil's character dresses up as a security guard to get the rest of them onto the airport. And he later poses as a pilot to get inside the building. Um, well, that's a lie. He first poses as a pilot to get in the building, and then he poses as a security guard to get everyone else in. And I always thought that bit was a bit off, because I was like, surely someone would be like, I don't recognize you. Like, uh, one of the security guards would be like, yeah. I, don't, I don't know you. I don't recognize you. Like, do you have any credentials? And then he did, <laughs> he did that. Not even with, like, a good... It was a like a costume store outfit, and I was kind of like, yeah. And he got through, and people gave him money, like a decent amount of money. Jesus fucking Christ! Yeah, and I was just, I was just kind of like, oh, oh no, people are that dumb, or were that <laughs> dumb? Probably still are. I don't know. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like if someone. I didn't recognize showed up at my job. I would be like, okay, who are you? Did you just start? Like, I would ask them, like, I would w- want to know something because it seems odd that just a random person is a materialized. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, I think, yeah, it's very interesting. Like I said at the start, it's his life has inspired both the movie Catch Me If You Can and the TV show White Collar, um, which again, I fucking love. I I watch that show like once a month. Um, he he's since he's been working as a uh, security consultant. Yeah. So he's he's helping stop what he was originally so fucking skilled at. But uh, yeah, that's all I really have on Frank himself. Uh, his or his career as a con man. Um. What, so what what are your thoughts about that? Like, I just found it mad at 15 he was like rolling it in Yeah. and I'm at 15 and I was playing like Playstation it's a wild story at 15, <laughs> at 15 I was like I got a fiver for lunch cool yeah. he he took his dad for 30 grand that does lead me to a question is could you commit a call on a family member yeah. I mean, no. I could never do that. Fair enough. I uh, I was going to ask if you could commit fraud, but I'm sure we've all done it with like a two weeks pass on Netflix or PlayStation or whatever. Um, any, yeah, so Netflix, you're not allowed to share your account. I'm actually paying for the family account. Oh, I'm doing that on Spotify right now. Probably shouldn't say that. (laughs) I mean, who cares? Everyone does it. And if you were to impersonate a career, what career would you impersonate in this day and age? I think it would be harder to get away with. Yeah, I 100% think it would be harder to get away with. I mean, if I had the skills of, like, forging stuff... I, I, that's what I'm assuming. I, I'm assuming we would have the necessary skill to forge what we needed for the, like for the, the I'm stuff. presuming it was like AEs, and you, you, it was a lot more easier to forge it. Um, I mean, it still took skill. It wasn't just like a, yeah, uh, I, I know. I stapled my picture to this sheet of pa- paper. It's an uh, ID. Trust me. 
Um, if I had the skills, I probably wouldn't. I'm. A, I, I don't think I'm that. I, I'm a. I know I'm kind of crazy. I don't think I'm that crazy. I'd like uh, to I don't think, think I would. I would but yeah, I, I don't I, think I would do that. Oh, I think I would. But what you would you do? The would. pilot, the doctor, the security guard. Um, I'd do that with a New York chick did. Um, pretend to be a heiress or a harem, an heir in my case, and con the bank out of money. Although I've said that on record, don't ever catch me. I, I do not believe you would actually do that, even if you had the skills. I reckon I would. Uh, no, you wouldn't. You're a wet blanket. All right, cool. You got any questions, Caleb? I did, and then I lost it. <laughs> my bad for interrupting. Um, I'm trying to think. I was like, when you were talking there about the the bank thing, I was like. Trying to, I was thinking, oh. Yeah. I find it weird how easily he, like, just completely swindled banks. I think I'd like to do the pilot thing that he done. Uh, as yeah. scary as it would be, I think, I think just rolling up and I... saying, oh yeah, I can fly planes, low-key can't do shit. Out of all of them, that would probably be the easiest for me, because I have flown a plane. Well, yeah. I have not. I'm presuming but... this is zero experience in anything, just... But that being I I will throw it out there. I do think the pissy little grob tutor I flew in and a 747, which I assume is what he was in if he was at 30,000, are completely fucking different. That autopilot button looks pretty, pretty good. Yeah, they have it easy. Grobs don't have that button. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any questions from you, Naz? No, I'm, I'm very satisfied. Did you think yours came out? <laughs> he doesn't sound so satisfied. No, he really does. Yeah, he sounds so depressed. <laughs> are you just are you mad because you're not rolling in the dough like he was? No, I I uh, found something out, and it's not great. Oh, okay. Well, that was a pure killer in the mood. Yeah, it was. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, I I feel like I have to rewatch that movie now. It's been like a good two, three years since I've watched it. Yeah. And it's such a classic. So um, I think it's a good it. movie. It's got Tom Hanks, doesn't it? Tom Hanks yeah, Tom plays Hanks, the yeah, he FBI plays agent. The, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio is Frank. Uh, Frank, Frank and Christopher Walken is Frank's dad, Frank. Um okay. Yeah, it's great cast, great movie. Uh, have you have you seen White Collar, Keelan? I have not. Well, if you like, catch me if you can. Frank. Watch White Collar. It's based off uh, some is of it. it on is, uh, yes, it's and it was oh. inspired by Frank and Catch Me If You Can. Well, then there you go. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's that's it then. That's us for for today. Um, if they want to ask us anything or shout us out or whatever, where can they find us, Keelan? Up beside the point three on Twitter because some cunt stole up beside the point. And if anyone wants to support us, you can do that on our Patreon up beside the point. My job got fucking hot, boys. Yeah, I'm impressed with this one. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we'll see you next week. On campfire, I guess. 
really or, have a job here. No, be a... Uh, or Saturday. Decide the point. Yeah. Or Saturday. Saturday, 12 o'clock. Decide the point. Hopefully we see you all then. Bye.